And now we're back to Press Your Dibug with your host, Chris Fledman. Uh, thanks, everybody. Thank you so much. Really excited. Here we are in the winner's circle with Dan Vanderhange. Dan, you've had an amazing evening. You have done a great job, and you have made it to the winner's circle. Well, boy, I'm just glad I could have made it this far. Never thought I would have made it this far. Well, it is exciting. It's not easy. You are in the elite circle, and we have a loaded board for you. Let's take a look at some of the prizes you'll be rolling for. I can't wait. Well, we've got four different large money spots on the board, and we know that that is the golden ring we're all reaching for. We've also got smaller cash prizes, vacation spots, and of course... The Explain the Unexplored. There's only one guy who can do it, and that's our announcer. He's the only one that knows the prize, and you're not going to find out till you land on it. Well, boy, I sure hope I do. I know everybody's wondering what's in that Unexplored box. I think my family back home is is wondering themselves. I'd just like to take a minute to say hi to everybody uh, back home. Uh, I'd like to say hi to Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca Vanderhange. All the Vanderhanges. Yeah, that's right. Hi, Mom and Dad. Hi, everybody. All right, we've got so many prizes on the board. Well, of course, Danny, there's also that doggone demon up there. (laughs) Now, we've got him running amok in the back of the scene, so I'm going to need you to be extra nimble on that button. All right, duck, dodge, dive, but avoid that demon. (laughs) I think I'll try. I think I'll try, Chris. I know all the Vanderhanges back home are are pulling for me. Uh, I bet they are. Hi, Elijah. Hi, Mordecai. Hello, Ethel. Are you you sure they're allowed to watch TVs? Because they sound awfully Amish to me. Huh? (laughs) Oh, nothing, nothing. All right. We've got the board loaded. We got those demons screaming. It's time to spin the wheel. Roll it on. Okay, okay. Here we go. No demons, no demons, no demons. Stop. $700. All right. That's going to be fun. All right. Let's do it again. Let's keep it going. Keep it loose. Okay. No demons, no demons, no demons, no demons. Stop. Whoa! Looks like you've got one of our prize packages. Oh, what is it? It's a beautiful getaway spa weekend for two at Alba Stores. Oh, everyone comes out of that with a big smile on their face. Boy, I I can't wait to go in there with just a towel on. Oh, you'll be lucky if they let you keep that towel on there. I've heard a lot of fun things about that place. Huh? Okay, moving on. Let's keep it rolling. It's time to spin that wheel. All right, no demons, no demons, no demons. Stop. What? It's time to explain the unexplored. We finally find out what's behind that pesky spot. Out of my way, demon, because it's time to find out what you've won. Get ready, Danny, for we're going to send you and two loved ones on a trip to beautiful Columbia, where we're going to roll you in honey, dip you in gold, and run you through the streets of Bogota, where you will end up at the beautiful five-star resort and pool of Guadavita Hotel. Well, that sounds amazing. What a crazy adventure you're going to have in Colombia. Me and two others, huh? You'll be third-wheeling it in style. But boy, I'll tell you what, last I heard, the streets of Bogota are not a place to be running and dipped in gold. You should really hustle. You might want to train for that. Huh? All right, let's keep it going. Let's keep these prizes flowing. Hit it again. All right, no demon, no demon, no demon. Stop. Oh, this guy really knows how to live on the weekends. He's got the EVP prize pack. That comes with a PKE meter, electromagnetic dissonance meter, and pocket tape recorder. That's why you're going to make your own ghost stories. All right, that sounds great. 
Yeah, that's going to be exciting and terrifying. Places that you used to feel calm will now fill you with a sense of dread. Well, that'll be fun for my youngest, Danny Vanderhands Jr. Oh, he's going to have hours of fun with that. Hi, Danny Jr. Uh, I'd just like to take a quick moment to say hello to my newest grandson, Boston Vanderhands. Hi, Boston. I got to tell you, I can't support uh, children named after cities. All right. The choice is yours now. You've spun the wheel. You've made it through your mandatory spins. Now here's the big call. Do you want to keep going for the glory or give up like a baby? What happens if I give up? Do I keep everything? You keep everything you've got, but you don't have that feeling of accomplishment. And if I keep going, do I... I have a chance at the large monies? Of course you do. You also have a chance to lose it all to that pesky demon. I know he's been eyeballing you. Well, I tell you what, I'm trying to save up money for my kid's college education, so I think I'm just going to go ahead and press my Dybbuk. All right, let's press that Dybbuk. Let's see what we can do. we got to get some money for uh, Tanner, Wilhelm, Denver, uh, San Mateo. And Seattle, your uh, your other kids, right? That's <laughs> I'm right. Just kidding. Let's go ahead and spin it. Huh? All right. No demons. No demons. No demons. Stop. Oh! It looks like you bucked the odds, and that demon always gets you in the end. Oh! Look at him. Oh! There's a little animation of him chewing on your joy. Do I get to keep any of that? Not a bit. Not all. Not even a single thing. Just your memories of a really fun day here on. Press your dibber! Huh? <laughs> uh, we have pressed our dibber. <laughs> yeah, we really did. <laughs> oh, the poor Vanderhange clan. <laughs> I think they'll be okay. Yeah, no one feels bad for the Dutch. <laughs> Hello! Hey, everybody. I'm David Flora. I am Dave Stecco. I see how I created dramatic tension. <laughs> you did a you did a pinter pause. Uh, this is blurry photos. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. we can all do it. <laughs> uh, and uh, and you have uh, you have pressed your debit and maybe a bit too far. Yeah, yeah, because you've landed on the uh, twice the annual Parsec finalist <laughs> podcast uh, for speculative awesomeness. That's right. That's right. Uh, got a good show for you. Oh yeah, this is a great one. This is one. Uh, this is uh, a show that we have honestly been meaning to do since before we started doing the podcast. It is on our initial list of ten things we wanted to cover. That's right. And, uh, and then we got then we got like we found so many other things that we like to cover that we never got around to it. And uh, and now we are making good mm-hmm. on the promise. That That's we right. Have promised to you, we are like hometown boys. Is that how it goes? We're like making, Steel making, Town girls on a uh, Saturday night looking for the fights of our lives. At least that's how I've always felt. Well, um, oh, I see what you mean. Not not going to be on the same page this episode. You want to be local boy makes good. Is it local boy? I don't, hey, we're going to be like, insert idiom here with this episode. That was real worth it, you guys. Yeah. Talking about Edgar Casey. That's right. Edgar. The Kentucky Madman. <laughs> Uh, a carrot we have been dangling for. Uh, yeah. So as we start here, we're going to tell you who Edgar Casey was. Mm-hmm. What did he do? What were some of his readings? And what if he kicked you in the ding ding? <laughs> oh gosh. And uh, <laughs> and then we're uh, we're just we're going to discuss his impact on the uh, the new age movement and uh, some criticisms of his abilities and yeah. 
this guy such and such. This guy is a, a profoundly effective person. I mean, like this guy had a profound effect on a lot of uh, New Age philosophy. But he's not a person that uh, the the average person knows about. That's I true. I mean, if you're if you're into weird shit and you are, then lots of people have have heard this guy's name one place or another. But to the average uh, rank and filer, I think I think a lot of people are going to see this pop up on their their playlist. Yeah, I, and he, they'll be would, like, "How about you?" <laughs> Huh? Uh, <laughs> They're gonna give it the old Vanderhand. <laughs> well, you totally Vanderhand's that one, guys. Um, uh, Flora, stop giving everybody the Vanderhand. <laughs> yeah. can't, can't believe you put a G on that. Yeah. or a J. It's, it's a know. J. Just it's a, a J. Just a solid J. It's a really it's J. a real solid J. <laughs> um, I I think that if if you were alive. Uh, early 20th century, you you may have ca- caught a sniff of, of this guy. Somewhere. You also may have caught dysentery. Sorry. But. Yeah. So, uh, Edgar Casey, Big Ed, the Gurman, <laughs> the Space Case. German. <laughs> they call uh, him the Space Case. Edgar Casey, born 1877, died 1945. In your home state of Kentucky. That's true. He was a Kentuckian. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edgar Casey was an alleged American psychic who claimed to have the ability to answer questions via channeling while in a self-induced trance. What makes him unique was his uh, worldly knowledge, which was displayed only while in a trance, and his ability to seemingly diagnose health problems and prescribe cures while himself never having any formal medical training. Yeah, that was that was a really interesting twist. I mean, as we've already discussed in the podcast, uh, the popularity of the cult was the, the occult was well established. There was already people doing seances. Oh, there yeah. were mediums. This was this was a really well known thing. Madame Blavatsky, mm-hmm. who will she'll come back up today. The concept of saying no, I'm not the person telling you this. I like mm-hmm. the the separation of it into this other entity within yourself. Um, is really interesting because um, it takes it, it. First of all, it disarms people. It takes a little bit of that showman out. Like, oh no, right. I'm the one with the gift. I'm the one. He had a much more, uh, a lot more humility about his approach to it. Right. He said, no, 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 I don't know anything. You got to knock me out. Get in there. That's <laughs> where it is. But don't ask Edgar. Yeah, Edgar can't help you. Edgar, Edgar, Edgar left school help. in the ninth grade and really couldn't hold a job, <laughs> which is true. The evidence for his powers comes in testimonials and anecdotes from his readings for people. Uh, Over his lifetime, he performed more than 20,000 readings consisting of everything from medical diagnoses to Atlantis and Jesus. And horse racing. Yeah. yeah. Stock tips. Oh. Uh, He was offered money to give daily crop reports on cotton. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Turned Lots of money. Turned it down, actually. Yep. Um, and we'll... I, I don't know. No, wait. I'm going to save it. I'm yeah. going to save it. I don't want to get there yet. Sure. Um, okay, now I want to get there. Oh, no. Due to the nature of how he would conduct his readings, he became known as the sleeping prophet. He would lie on a couch, loosen his shoelaces, and if he had a tie on, he'd loosen his tie. If he had pants on, which was rarely, he'd loosen those. He'd put his hands... In his uh, pants. <laughs> He put his hands on his face, uh, he said, until he saw a white flash in, I guess, his mind's eye, and then 
he would clasp his hands across his abdomen, close his eyes. And when his eyes began to flicker, a question could be asked and Casey would answer it. Eventually, he got a stenographer to jot down each reading and preserve around 14,000 yeah. of them. Yeah, there is a an extraordinarily detailed record of his each and every reading. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, after the stenographer. Yeah, it's okay, give or take 6,000. Right. Uh, and he would end every reading by saying, we are through. Uh, more on that later. Yeah, and he would, he would only speak in that third person, mm-hmm. plural. Plural. We. No, is it first person? First plur- person, plur- plural, yeah. yeah. We, instead of I think this, I think that, we see this, we that, they... Uh, he founded the Association for Research and Enlightenment, the ARE, in 1931, a nonprofit center devoted to exploring spirituality, holistic health, intuition, dream interpretation, psychic development, reincarnation, and ancient mysteries, and how to bake quiches. Is that who they are? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I just said. What are you talking about? He's, they don't, then, uh, huh? <laughs> Vander. <laughs> uh, its headquarters is located in Virginia Beach, Virginia, with a regional headquarters in Houston, Texas. He died in Virginia Beach. He, he did. He had a stroke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I contribute to this podcast in a material fashion great. with the real researched facts. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you can find more on the uh, ARE at edgarcasey.org or .com or .net. There's like a thousand bazillion trillion Edgar Casey web pages. You can have them all. Uh, that's right, Pokemon. This is um, <laughs> this is another one of the subjects. There's a lot of of him out there. Yeah, a lot of lot of uh, of research you can do on your own. We've tried. We're going to try to boil down a, uh, a lot of stuff into. A tiny, tiny podcast that's going to end up being too long. But uh, you can that you cannot go wrong typing in Edgar Casey on no. the inter- interweb and uh, looking at information. Yeah, that like we said, a lot of it was documented. Yeah, and that's that's the the really nice thing about this is that he his perspective was that he was almost just as mystified as anybody else by it. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he again given this this. Uh, I keep wanting to say disassociative nature of it, which sure. but that makes it sound like some sort of psychological diagnosis. But because Edgar Casey was was separated from this font of knowledge, he was just as curious as other people. And there's plenty. There's all these really fun examples of him coming out of the trance and the the person being like, "Oh, you did this," and he's like, "No, what? Well, yeah," and they'd be like, "Could you read that back, please?" Because I you know, he doesn't. There's no memory of those things, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, there was a, a really kind of refreshing humility to it that I thought was interesting that yeah. he brought throughout all the proceedings and his motivations and, and how he perceived his use of his gift. Right, right. Uh, let's talk about his life a little bit, um, and then we'll get into the readings um, themselves. I'm sorry about that I spoiled her. I spoiled her, did it, that he's dead. Spoiled her, did it. I, well, I, I, gave spoiled the, her. I gave the death date. Spoiled so. it. He's dead. He was born March 18th, 1877, near Beverly. Yawn, heard it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Welcome to Blurry Photos, now with just David Flora. (laughs) (laughs) Which was seven miles south of Hopkinsville. 
He was born to a family of farmers and was very close to his grandfather. But when he was still a boy, his grandfather died in a riding accident. Did you say riding or rioting? Riding. Oh. Horse got him. Less interesting. Uh, A horse riot. (laughs) Horses were tired of pulling them plows. Uh, But Edgar, Edgar claimed to still see him from time to time around the farm. He would also claim to see children playing in the trees and near the creek on the farm, and he was able to converse with them for a while, uh, but then they went away. Like they all do. He considered them angels because the family was very religious. Mm-hmm. Disciples of Christ, to be precise. How nice. Which is I mean, which is funny. I like, uh, as when I was reading that, I expected him um, to maybe be brought up in, in one of the more colorful dialects of the Christian tongue. But the, uh, the disciples of Christ are pretty, pretty middle of the road, button down Protestant folk. Hmm. Yeah. Pay their taxes, do the thing. No one's handling snakes. No one's, yeah. no one's doing laps for Jesus. He was considered weird in school. Not a popular child. I wonder what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not very intelligent either. And his father scolded him, um, for it, making him study at home, late into the night. And it was around then he said that he heard a voice in his head telling him to uh, place the book he was studying under his head and sleep on it to learn it. And so he did. And next morning he could recite the book verbatim. Then school was no trouble from then on. And he received a, a, a completed eighth grade education. Yeah. Little, little ninth grade in grade grading. So he, I, I read that he'd completed the ninth grade. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, they're yeah, all the same thing up to that right. point. <laughs> which, which at the, you know, like, and that's, it's an important point that like ninth grade is the old 12th grade. I, I mean, I think, I think at the time, a lot of people finished junior high and were like, well, what am I, what am I going to launch myself into space? Good enough. Yeah. It's time to get to work. I, I'm, I'm, I'm 15. I've already got two kids. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, his family were farmers, and that's all you needed. Like, yeah, any uh, up to that point, like getting that far was good, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah anything that's... after that was overkill <laughs> for what uh, for what they were doing. But uh, and to add to that, I mean, he, like we said, disciple of Christ, he was a devout Christian. Uh, decided it was his life's mission to become a minister mm-hmm. and spread Christianity to all. Uh, and he decided to read the Bible once a year, every year. At this time. Whew. Whole thing. That's... I mean, if you give yourself a year to do it, it's not that big a deal. But if you do it every year... Every year, yeah. Not like that that 365-day Bible calendar. No. <laughs> that doesn't count. That does not count. That'll get you up to Psalms, and then what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a good Ziggy where you want to look ahead. <laughs> it's like two weeks of, of Omaniah, Begat, and... Dernicles, who begat Farn, Farnsworth, Blagel, who began the clan Vanderhange, who begat cash and prizes, <laughs> and then lost it all. Yeah. So, so how did uh, how did his ministerial uh, endeavors pay? Did he do all right with that? Well, um, in 1893, the Casey family moved to Hopkinsville. To the big city. Mm-hmm. Casey got a job at Richard's Dry Goods Store. <laughs> Richard's Dreyfus Store. <laughs> Richard Dreyfus Store here. Do you need sorghum? 
How about linens? Do you need more cloth? Flour? Other dry goods here. <laughs> Empty barrels. Taffeta? Of course you're going to want taffeta. No, we don't have hats. That's the milliner. It's springtime, so gingham's half off. <laughs> Make a party dress or a tablecloth. I don't care. <laughs> Damn it, we have licorice. <laughs> Richard Dreyfus here. Richard's Dry Goods store. Uh, then Richard's Dreyfus store. Richard's Dreyfus. Then, uh, then Hopper's bookstore, uh, both both in town, the middle of town. He also eventually met his future wife, Gertrude Evans, around this time. Oh, man. Did you, did you do the math on the dates there? Did you? Yeah. What is it? is that they are the most glacial of couples. They got engaged and did not get married for over, over six, six years. years. Yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> then it was still like another three, four years before child numero uno decides to show up on the scene. Yeah. I, 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 I don't mean, know. I know we're married. I just think we should wait till our third anniversary. I don't want to rush anything. You do a good Edgar Casey. <laughs> No, no, I th- think I'm going to go down to Richard's drive store and get some licorice. think I'll treat myself. <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm um, hanky-panky tonight. Gertrude, it's really, it's really, it's it's getting kind of late in the day. It's It might be close to closing time, and you know how angry he gets if you come in close to closing. Oh, come on! <laughs> Attention store customers! <laughs> Richard's Drive store is closing in 10 minutes. I'll let you in if you could tell me what you want right now. Bring your purchases to the register already. Don't shop. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> we don't care who we hurt now. In uh, in 1900, he and his father started an insurance business, but he took ill with laryngitis. Yeah, to they were the point selling woodsman's insurance. Which, woodsman's was that to protect against woodsmen? <laughs> I hope so. You you never know how many ints can come at you. <laughs> they can swarm you. You got to be careful. Come out of nowhere, ints, ints, insurance. Oh, nice. Uh, and he got laryngitis to the point of not being able to speak. Right, and when I read that, I was like, "Oh, okay." I mean, that's like that's uh, like laryngitis. What? Is, that's like, oh, he got a sprained ankle and couldn't go door to door. And you're like, "Oh, well." So what did he do the next week when he was okay again? No, then, no, he got a permanently sprained laryngitis. Yep, unable to to sell his insurance, he uh, started a photography business. Yeah. So, and let I don't want to gloss over this. He never got his voice back. No, it was was, gone. He became, I mean, he could speak a little bit, I guess, but functionally mute, got real depressed, stayed at his parents' house all the time and was like, well, I've got to do something. How about, how about that picture box? Yeah. Let me work in a dark room. Yeah. By myself. Uh, in 1901, he was contacted by a traveling hypnotist to cure him. Uh, did you see this? Did you read about this? I did. Uh, I did indeed. On stage. Uh, Casey's voice returned when he was under hypnosis. Uh, but then it went away when he came out of the hypnosis. Uh, so the hypnotist wanted to help him, but he was a traveling hypnotist. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, Edgar. I've got to go. You knew what this was. <laughs> and, and sleep. Yeah. 
Uh, but a local hypnotist. When you I, wake up, your heart won't be broken. <laughs> but a local hypnotist. Because they were a dime a dozen hey, back then. That's the thing. Well, where's, I don't, where's my hypnotist then? Where's there a fucking hypnotist these days even? Yeah. Like you can't even find a hypnotist now. And they're well, like. Hey, this is before TV, man. We, we have a hypnotist. And it is it's, it's called Netflix. Oh, my God. You you just broke the code. <laughs> just blow the lid off this. I've been told you this for a month. <laughs> Netflix, America's hypnotist. Now, before you wake up from this podcast, buy my water filter. <laughs> <laughs> and awake. But, yes, this local hypnotist named Al Lane decided, <laughs> decided to help. Uh, and while in a trance, he asked Casey, while, while Edgar Casey was in a trance, he asked... Uh, Edgar to describe what was wrong and Casey spoke about it saying we require the blood of the innocent and feed uh, us that we may grow strong and take leadership of this mortal plane that's basically it he said he needed (laughs) blood to flow to his voice box so he was uh, uh, he he did it the the hypnotist was just like okay make blood flow to your voice box and apparently his body just flushed with blood and then after about 20 minutes, he woke up and his voice was back. And after a few more sessions of that, he was permanently cured. Yeah, I guess there was a couple of relapses here or there, but uh, he got his voice back. Uh, working with Lane, he continued to read this way while under trance and was persuaded to offer readings to the public. Uh, Casey insisted, though, that they these readings be free. Yeah. As his goal was to help others. Yeah. At no point had, had Casey given up on his plan to proselytize. Uh, his He had not abandoned anything Christian. He, he was a very civic-minded, nice guy who considered himself to be the servant of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, around the time that he met Gertrude, he started second-guessing second himself. Well, it's because she was second-guessing things for a long time, too. <laughs> I'm, boy, I don't, I don't know, Gertrude. I, I just think I, I might still have a chance to be minister. I, I don't know. I better go down to Richard yeah. Strife's store and get get some more licorice and just think on it. I'm very concerned about the amount of time you're spending with him. Well, well, there, what, what are you talking about, Gertrude? He's the only. You're the only one he doesn't yell at. You're the only one he he's excited to see me well, at closing you know, time. Rich, Richard's Dreyfus and I just get along. We just we just get along. I know how. I know him. Edgar, <laughs> I, I just I can't take this. I'm going. I'm going to town. Uh, Edgar, come in the store. <laughs> Lock the door behind you. You'll never guess what kind of day I hear. <laughs> oh my gosh, Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> oh man, <Ugh. laughs> didn't expect him. Um, so, uh, Casey, Casey found that he could give, uh, apparently accurate readings with, with just a person's name and location and not even have them present. Don't, don't need them. Don't need them. Cerebro. Um, 1912. I, by this time, the, the dream of being a minister all but gone. Yeah. He, he decided. Probably declared that he was his own God and that the kingdom of man should serve only him. Uh, he, he he decided that this was his calling to be able to help people. Yeah, and uh, and he was getting 
getting used to breaking these shoes in. So, uh, 1912, he left Kentucky and moved to Selma, Alabama, to Let's, work as a photographer. Yeah, whenever whenever you want to make the big time, you got to kick off that Kentucky shit heels and get yourself to Selma, <laughs> where things are happening. A little known fact. Uh, Western Kentucky University, home of the shit heel toppers. <laughs> before, before they decided, you know what? <laughs> we want a red mascot, not yeah. a brown one. <laughs> oh, uh, Just kidding. Uh, after he moved down there, his fame grew, and soon he began reading full-time, uh, asking only for donations to help his family live on. Uh, his wife and eldest son took over for Al Lane to guide the readings. Mm-hmm. And he also created, apparently around this time, he created the card game Pit to help uh, get some money for the family. Yeah, that I've seen that. I have it. Yeah. That's I had still, no idea. That thing still exists. Still exists. Still still comes out. Uh, I mean, people own it. I don't know that I've ever seen anybody play it. No one wants to play yeah. a commodities trading. Well, game. it's it's a, it's based on stock market stock stock market commodity trading, uh, but it's like a fast paced card game. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I mean, I've seen people soy soy cattle cattle cornered the market. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, Does but, anybody have any sorghum cards? No, Richard. <laughs> For the last time. <laughs> Damn it! I keep getting all the sorghum cards. <laughs> Richard, you've cornered the market. You, you're about to win. It doesn't feel like it. Uh, he, he hired a stenographer, uh, Gladys Davis, to record the readings then. Yeah, and that was her job until she exploded. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, in 1925, he was told in a trance to move to Virginia Beach, Virginia. So he did. Right. Sometimes he he read himself. Sometimes they. Hey, hey you know. no, no judgment. It's got a lot of stress on him. You got to read yourself sometimes. <laughs> he was considered a uh, professional psychic by then, and in 1929 he established the Casey Hospital with funding from a reading recipient named Morton Blumenthal. Because who- keep in keep in mind that he had. In addition to uh, you know prognostication and people wanting to know what was going to happen in the future, he was also very dedicated to the idea that you could, through hypnosis, heal people. Mm-hmm. That what worked for him can work for other people, and he was very, uh, very passionate about the idea of of medical hypnosis, of being able to to help have people heal themselves the same way someone helped him. Mm-hmm. And so this uh, this this kind of medical bend to his his i don't know ability yeah tiny empire his his (laughs) you know so there is you know there's yeah i'll I'll tell you what's going to happen in the future but what's really important is the helping in the the healing of the sick helping in the helping in the healing in the healing even so i think that's a cool thing that I, i think gets lost in the wash a lot is that he he really still had this this really big push for oh yeah for uh for using it uh to help people yeah uncle ben would have been proud of him i think Yep, and Morton Blue, this Morton Blumenthal uh, made a lot of money with readings from Casey. Yeah, apparently uh, he he cashed in on that. Yeah, the- it's a good thing there was never any giant looming stock market event for Casey to warn him about that may have made any difference in his life. Mm. But then there was a giant looming stock market event that uh, ruined everything for oh Morton. 
Poops. Uh, after the crash, uh, the funding was was withdrawn and the hospital closed. So, I mean, according to this, it's it was in existence for less than a year. And his whole life, that's all he wanted to do was, yeah. well, after he wanted to be a minister, he, he wanted to build a hospital to help people. For my whole life, starting 10 weeks ago, <laughs> I've wanted this. <laughs> Uh, in 1931, Casey founded the ARE, the Association for Research and Enlightenment, and continued work there until he suffered a stroke and died on January 3rd, 1945, age 67. Now, he was doing... Uh, coke. He was doing Coke. Off Richard Dreyfuss' <laughs> off, ass. Off Richard Dreyfuss' <laughs> ass. <laughs> You're tickling me! Uh, no, he... Wait, wait. Wait, no, I'm not done with this. Wait, <laughs> What's a, don't you dare. What's a Dreyfus snort sound like? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good Richard Dreyfus Coke snort. He was actually warned of his own impending death. Mm. Um, again, the, the year it was 1945, and he had been famous uh, as not only a psychic, but uh, something of a medium mm-hmm. uh, for a very long time. And as the war progressed, he was asked by more and more people, mm-hmm. that just desperate for closure, um, uh, but their 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 lost you know family members, their children, their you know their husbands that had died overseas in World War II, and so he so he started doing up to four readings a day, and these readings it would always exhaust him, but he was like, no, I these people really need this, yeah. and I'm I'm, I'm going to do it, and in one of his uh, trances. He was even told, okay, you have to stop doing this. He's yeah. like, you can't. He's like, you can do two a day. Two. Two max. That's it. That's the limit. And he was all like, shut up, you. I'm in charge of this. And then he had a stroke. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's that's it. Because uh, like we said, he the person didn't need to be there. They just needed yeah. to give a name and a location and then a question for him to be asked. And as his fame grew, so too did the number of requests. Yep. So he was getting thousands of requests, and he could not keep up with them. And uh, yeah, and, and and yet he still wanted to help them. He still wanted to do, you know, his best. So which which kind of gets into an interesting question, you know. So and and obviously we'll go into depth on this, but Edgar Casey, guy who believes he has a gift, guy who actually has a gift, shuckster. Hmm. Yeah, that's 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 the uh, ultimate question there, uh, Chris. Um, <laughs> oh well, then we're at the end of the podcast. Uh, puns, puns, puns. Listener mail, listener mail. Stumble upon. Good night. Before before we continue, I just uh, like to say uh, he was buried back in Hopkinsville. Oh, returned to his old Kentucky home. <laughs> what? <laughs> back in that old heel <laughs> mud. <laughs> I don't dislike Kentucky. I feel bad because it's your state, but I was just joking because he went to Selma. Yeah, 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 yeah. Huh, huh, huh. <laughs> All right, let's get into the readings a little bit. Let's get into some juice. Yeah, I love the juice. Casey was always concerned with helping people. I think we've made that clear. Yep. Uh, while he claimed to not remember a word of what was said in trance, he said those statements should be taken into account only to the extent that they led to a better life for the recipient. And he also wanted people to not blindly accept his suggestions, but to test them. I know that he also um, really struggled with this. Uh, He really hated what he considered to be kind of a squandering of the gift or or, or using it. 
people would ask him about horse races, stock mm-hmm. tips, lotto numbers, you know, like little yeah, location of oil wells. Yeah, oil wells, treasure, anything and, for their personal gain. And um, not only did he dislike doing this, but occasionally he'd be like, "Fine," but he actually was not good at it. Yeah, it, not not good at it. But on certain occasions, he was to people's profit, to to their personal gain. But I mean, like but, on the statistical average, he really didn't beat guessing. Right, right. But the the funny thing is, it said that uh, after he gave those, he would wake up with a massive migraine and be yeah. ill. And so uh, his wife eventually helped put a stop to it when when she took over guiding the readings. So uh, it's like knock it off. Yeah. Because people, I think people, the people that did show up in person would get there and and then get to ask. This is back in the early days of it uh, when they were still figuring out how how to do it. But they'd get there and then they'd be like, "Oh yeah, that question I was going to ask. Yeah, forget that. Who's going to win the Kentucky Derby? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yankees versus Red Sox. <laughs> White Sox in the World Series. Are they going to throw it? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Go bet on them. Especially that guy with no shoes. <laughs> I'm gonna go through a few uh, uh, of the readings um, Ooh, that he gave on certain. Are you going subjects. to read those readings? Uh, just just some highlights. Will this be a reading of readings? Uh, this will be a poem. <laughs> <laughs> on World War One and World War Two, uh, he said in the 1920s he first warned of coming racial strife in the United States. And in 1939, he predicted the deaths of two presidents in office. Now I'm quoting, Ye are to have turmoils, ye are to have strife between capital and labor, ye are to have a division in thy own land, before ye have the second of the presidents that next will not live through his office. A mob rule. End quote. Uh, President Franklin D. Roosevelt died in office in The April. D stands for Delano. Uh, 1945 and 1963, uh, JFK was assassinated when racial tensions in the United States were at their height. Mm-hmm. Another quote from him: "Unless there is more give and take and consideration for those who produce, with better division of the excess profits from the labor, there must be greater turmoil in the land." Sounds like Obama quote. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you got to be psychic to say that. No, I, I know. I mean, yeah, that's that's one of those things. Uh, and then one more, thus an unseen force gradually growing must result in almost direct opposition to the Nazi or Aryan theme. This will gradually produce a growth of animosities, and unless there's interference by what many call supernatural forces and influences, which are active in the affairs of nations and peoples, the whole world, as it were, will be set on fire by militaristic groups and people who are for power expansion. That was... Uh, him speaking of Austrians and Germans and the Japanese. Mm. So that was that was what he, he said about the world wars. On uh, on general cures, which he, he liked to, his medical cures, his readings typically prescribe poultices, often uh, consisting of castor oil. But there were osteopathic adjustments, colonic irrigation, massage, often with peanut oil, prayer, folk remedies, uh, various forms of electric medicine, and patent medicines such as atomidine. Atomidine? Is that it, full of the hop? It was, uh, it was developed by a, uh, an Indian uh, doctor 
the day uh, of the day. Uh, and specific recommendations concerning diet and exercise were given. Casey is often seen as a practitioner of holistic medicine and has particularly strong philosophical ties with naturopathy. And and this is keep in mind a lot of these things the idea of like uh, holistic medicine um, and, and healing of that nature really originates with him. This mm-hmm. did not exist prior to Edgar Casey. I mean, besides um, being like folk remedies or or um, old old wives tales, things like that. Yeah. You know, chicken soup for the soul kind of stuff. Blah. Blah. Uh, on diet, more moreover, uh, major dietary re- recommendations include the avoidance of red meat, alcohol, lame, lame. except for red wine, lame, white bread, what, and fried foods. A preference for fruits and above ground leafy vegetables over starches, and a high ratio, eighty percent more, of alkaline foods over acidic. One meal per day should consist entirely of raw vegetables. Under strict circumstances, Casey advocated both coffee and pure tobacco cigarettes to be non-harmful to health. Especially these smooth <laughs> Chesterfields. Um, so he was not an American at all. He just, he just said coffee and cigarettes were good. Yeah, I think he's he also the said, ultimate American. He said no white bread, yeah. no red meat. No something else that pissed me off. What was the other thing? True. No alcohol. Okay. That's what it was. <laughs> ah! <laughs> uh, okay. I see your point. Yeah. So he's French. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> food combining was also a central idea in the Casey diet. According to Casey, several food Chocolate com- and peanut butter. <laughs> several food combinations that are contradicted are coffee with milk or sugar this guy citrus fruit with starchy foods and high protein foods with starches steak and potatoes dude i'm gonna this guy casey himself followed very few of the dietary recommendations that were suggested by the readings yeah good he's all like shut up brain papa (laughs) likes a steak and a tater papa wants a drink on now and later (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm putting citrus on them starches. Yeah, yeah <laughs> lemonade potatoes. Mm-mm-mm. According to Casey, two or three almonds a day keep cancer away. You're going to need that because of your Chesterfields. And not these pure tobacco <laughs> Chesterfields. That's right. Fresh from the storehouses of Kentucky. Chesterfield. Smoke them. <laughs> you, you know, uh, I don't want to digress too far here, but... Uh, I got stuck in Kentucky for three days once. <laughs> Did we ever talk about this? Yeah. Okay. Did you Do you know where Glasgow is? Glasgow, yeah. Yeah, I got stuck there for three days. It's near Bowling Green. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. I stopped, and Bowling Green's one of my favorite places when driving through Kentucky. Bowling Green, home of the Western Kentucky University Hilltoppers. I mean, the Hilltoppers. <laughs> um and uh, when I was there, I mean, first of all, I, I, I didn't realize that I was in the middle of tobacco country. So there's cure- it's all tobacco country. Yeah. Curing sheds everywhere and how ludicrously cheap cigarettes are in oh, Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much a lot of stuff is ludicrously cheap compared to where we fucking are now. Well, all I'm saying is we need to become, um, I mean, is it, or is it, what is it when we just buy a bunch of cigarettes there and sell them here at a markup? It's it's called illegal bootleggers. Yeah, 
because they actually stamp cigarette packets with where they're made. Yeah. So that you can't cross the border and illegally sell them. So Kentucky has its own colored stamp. Illinois has its own colored stamp. I don't care about that. I know. Smokers don't care about that. No one cares about that. No one cares about that. You can sell them on the street and make, you know, five bucks a pop probably. Wow. That's true. Yeah. I quit my job. I am now a cigarette bootlegger. Yep. Till the feds get you. That's right. You know, that's actually a thing. I've, I've seen ads on buses. They're like, hey, smokers, um, ignore the Surgeon General's warning, but check the stamps on the bottom because we're really <laughs> co- we're really concerned that we're losing out on tobacco tax revenue. Is is that is that spokesman uh, Danny <laughs> Vanderhand? <laughs> that's right. Huh? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> of all the things that, that they could be spending bus ad money for, it's making sure that your tobacco is properly taxed. Yeah. Glasgow Scotties. It's a it's a funny area. It's it's very Scottish down in there for some reason. Are you serious? Oh yeah, Glasgow Scotties is the. I I used to have a, a shirt that had like I think I got it at a Goodwill store. It was a it was just a Glasgow Scotties had two two like Scottish children holding hands on it, and it was like Glasgow Scotties Elementary School. What's the name of the grocery store there? The, all right, I don't know. You don't because I remember it, but I I remember going in there. Kroger's it wasn't I, no no it was like Durland Durland Pickens or something like it was <laughs> I was picked up on the side of the road by a guy named Elvis that's the truth uh, I'm I'm sure it is I'm sure he sounded just like him too he did not he was are hey, y'all uh, y'all need to pick up there no he did not he did and you're like oh yeah here's here's twenty bucks thanks thanks for your your hospitality thanks oh, thanks thank King you, thank you very much when we stop at this uh, rest stop I got a I gotta take care of some business. <laughs> TCB, man. Come on, brother. All right, let's get back on track. You, are, uh, you want a peanut butter sandwich? <laughs> I got a whole cooler of them in here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> better luck. All right, on Egypt, little little nugget on Egypt. Uh, next to biblical times, the most significant era for the life readings was a pre-dynastic Egyptian civilization consisting of. <gasps> Atlantean refugees. Oh, yeah. This guy was all about Atlantis. Casey purported to have been an other, otherwise unknown pharaoh named Ra-Ta, who built a spiritually based healing center called the Temple of Sacrifice. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and educational institution called Temple Beautiful. <laughs> Temple Beautiful, just two blocks down from the Temple, Temple of Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Oh, oh. Ah! <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Guys, that really hurts! Damn um, it! This, uh, this civilization also built monuments on the Giza Plateau, including the Great Pyramid, and left records of Atlantis in a hall of records located somewhere beneath the Sphinx. Well, there's no way to ever find that. Not with Zahi Hawass and... Ch- Oh, hey, oh, oh, Obama, look into it. That's right. Let's talk about Atlantis. He gave some readings on, on Atlantis, uh, the size of Atlantis equal to that of Europe, including Asia in Europe. The bands, <laughs> the, the bands, Asia in Europe. <laughs> Throw um, in Toto just to cover Africa. <laughs> <laughs> and men at work. <laughs> What? 
<laughs> you made it sound like the guys that made it work were all deaf. Yeah. Uh, apparently, many people living today, I guess maybe maybe that's his today. Yeah. Uh, are the reincarnations of yeah. Atlantean souls, like Thetans, who must now face similar temptations mm-hmm. as before. They got a little too greedy. They dug too deep with their crystals, Dave. They did. And you know, and it's funny, he actually, yeah, he goes really goes to town on the the science and reasoning in science with the biggest, fattest play school my first air quote set. <laughs> um, <laughs> that uh yeah, that there was the a society based on, on like crystals that would harness solar energy. Crystals. And then they were <laughs> crystals. They were uh but they two they, weeks delivery. <laughs> <laughs> We can order it. It'll take two weeks, though. <laughs> I mean, you don't have Dapper Dan. Pleasing Rome is half the reason to buy it. Ain't this just a geographical lottery? <laughs> two weeks from everywhere. Two weeks. <laughs> um, that the uh, that that they, they their over reliance on this crystal technology. There was a problem with harmonic frequencies. Big crystal. And the whole thing just went to shit. Although yeah. there's also references of a death ray being used. Um, almost there, yeah. Um, he predicted that a blue stone of Atlantean origin was going to be found on, the, uh, on an island in the Caribbean and used to heal, which some people say might be uh, Larimar, which I looked up. It is a very pretty turquoise blue stone hmm. that's only found, uh, I think, in the Dominican Republic. Wonder, I mean, buy some. I mean, if if there's already a king, I mean, would this would this stone be the Caribbean queen? Probably. I mean, she'd be wearing it once she's out of my dreams. Oh man, in your and, heart's and in my car. Uh, was that also Billy Ocean? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but uh, uh, that yes. This podcast is over. What happened? I have to look that up. But we did, why come we didn't cover that stone in the crystal healing? I, I don't know. God, we're I just so shitty at this. We're, we're just terrible. the worst. We're terrible at our jobs. Terrible. Damn it. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, my God. New sound effect. <laughs> New sound effect. It's called the dry fuss. And it's just, damn it. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> it's your dry fuss. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, the crystals, that was a big thing. There was a big crystal, apparently, and, and they, they just overcharged it and it and it sent you know seismic and then he said that atlantis would rise again in 1968 or 69 um and that's apparently that's right around the time they discovered the bimini road have you heard this thing oh yeah yeah the underground the underwater underwater yeah. Slab did not rise thing. above the surface of the ocean. Well, yeah, I mean, rise in consciousness, maybe. Oh, look at me, look at me go. Yeah, I'm, if, I'm he, if he was alive and the sun set on 1969 without without that discovery, dry fuss. Damn it! What? Come on! <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, uh, um, Atlantis falling into the ocean or, or getting destroyed was the cause of the great deluge. Whoa! The really one. reaching back there. The one, the one, that one. <laughs> Can I get a dry fuss? What? What? <laughs> yeah. People are. I don't care. People loved Mr. Holland's opus. No, they didn't. They're gonna hate him after this. No, they didn't. They did not care for that. 
Really? People didn't like that? No, they thought it was about a Bloom County cartoon character. <laughs> You're terrible. <laughs> You're terrible. <laughs> I thought it was about a penguin. Why is it yeah. a penguin? Uh, all right. That, that's Atlantis. Uh, Akashic Records. Oh, yeah. I about saw that time. a lot. I don't know anything about Akasha except for the, the cereal. Oh, yeah. yeah sorry. F*** me. That was terrible. <laughs> I should go to jail for that but not the penalty box <laughs> i'd rather never i'd rather actually go to jail <laughs> the book of life the akashic records contain the entire history of every soul since the dawn of creation quote upon time and space is written the thoughts the deeds the activities of an entity as in relationship to its environments oh what am i talking about i totally know about this we covered this We've we talked went over this we, yeah we talked about it a little bit uh, continuing, its hereditary influence as directed or judgment drawn by or according to what the entity's ideal is. Hence, as it has been oft called, the record is God's book of remembrance, and each entity, each soul, as the activities of a single day of an entity in the material world, either makes same good or bad or indifferent. Oh my God, I've gone <clears throat> cross-eyed. You're like reading f***ing stereo instructions right now. Depending upon the entity's application of self towards that which is the ideal manner for the use of time, opportunity, and the expression of that for which each soul enters a material manifestation. Are these the rules of pit? Because that's why nobody plays it. The interpretation then as drawn here is with the desire and hope that in opening this for the entity, the experience may be one of helpfulness and hopefulness, and also to corner the market. Dry fuss. Sorghum. Dry fuss right now. What? 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 Thank you. I, that is, boy, everyone's going to hate how much I scream that because I like it. <laughs> okay, so that's what he said about the Akashic Records. Now, this, to put it in other words, I don't know, words that you can fucking understand, uh, <laughs> he said fucking because that's what that's what an average guy would have said. This <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait to speak my language. Uh, he said fucking. You know, I was like, who's this? Who's this fucking hippie? That he said fucking. I'm like, oh, he's like me. <laughs> uh, Floyd, he's all right. He's all right. <laughs> thank, you, thank you, Tony Danza. He probably likes hey, the same uh, porn. You know Richard Dreyfus was <laughs> running around. The same porn as me. I can tell already. This uh-huh. guy. Uh, Akashic Records are, this is where he would go uh, to get his information in his unconscious uh, trance-like state. Was it something of a mind palace? <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it was, he would turn into Benesnatch Cumberbitch and go. <laughs> his name is Bunderflunk. Vanderhange. Vanderhange. Bunderflunk Vanderhange. In his mind palace. Yeah, it's 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 a repository of all knowledge ever. Right. Ever ever yes. was, is, will be. Yeah. That you can anybody can with, with the proper training access through their unconscious mind and find any anything ever, any information you it's like a big old library of the unconscious. No, let me tell you how that why that doesn't exist. Okay. There's no floating heads. If you can do anything, first thing you do, floating heads. What? You just make like heads in jars, you know, like science heads. Like, Well, who's to say? I am. Have you tried? To enter? The, to enter the, the hall of records? 
Fender Runks Blender Snatch? Exactly <laughs> that one. Have you tried? Maybe that's a, maybe you're like, hey, which one of you heads can tell me the okay. score of the Mets game? Okay, so do I do this when I go to sleep? I don't want to get hypnotized. You, I have no idea what I'd say. No, here's the deal. I keep a lot of other personalities locked into the basement. Here's I do the, not want any of them even getting near the door, let alone out. Oh my god! I don't want your brain is the road. I, yeah, oh. I don't want the guard on the other side of the door even hearing the guys in the cell. Um, you you self induce the trance, but then somebody else asks the question and guides it, and then you you know they smack you and you come out of it. I'm taking a nap then. I know. I want to try it. Not that it's going to work ever at all, but wouldn't it be fun to try? Don't you mm, think? Naps are fun to try. I'd just be pissed that right when I was falling asleep, somebody would be like, oh, floating heads, how do you make them? <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that what you were saying? <laughs> yeah. I had no idea what you were talking about. <laughs> no clue. Okay. Scratch all that. Continuing. Um, <laughs> Casey was always conflicted over his ability uh, to, you know, you know, to please the ladies? To, no, no. Never came to question because he never knew how to use it. His his abilities that he had, his, his, his readings, and his Christian faith. Yeah. Uh, subjects such as reincarnation and the Christ spirit came up frequently, and that didn't really fit the teachings of his church. Yeah. Anyway, he would, he, he towed pretty close to the reincarnation line. Yeah, yeah. Spiritualism that didn't necessarily require Jeebus. But the the concept of of Jesus the Christ. I think you meant Jesus of the Christ. Mm -hmm. Jesus T. Christ. The concept of there being one creator, Mm -hmm. a oneness that everyone is trying to, to attain to get back to, that everyone has come from, that uh, and and the the uh, you know teachings to love everyone and and do mm-hmm. do good to others that's when we cover the mithras the the myth of of mithra when when mithra fights mechajonzilla and gothzilla mm-hmm. they'll finally team up against mithra right exactly uh when we when we cover that maybe we'll do that at easter or something then we'll talk about some of some of this idea, but uh, this Christ figure, um, getting, uh, getting, getting spread across uh, yeah, the ages. Start writing your hate mail now, everybody. The the point is, uh, everybody love each other. Everybody you know treat each other well and and yeah, and do stuff. High fives, for back thy rubs. neighbor. neighbor. Um, that's what he got into. Uh, that was what he was at odds with all the time. He was um, personally conflicted. He wanted to help people, but. He also was a very devout uh, Christian. He was he was very into the faith. Uh, he said, though, that the future can change, which makes predictions unreliable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a person can also change their future, even while being on another... <laughs> even while being chained to it. Yeah, well, uh, but while being on an otherwise preordained path. Uh, and here's a quote for you. Each individual entity, whether aware of same or not, sets before self an ideal in the material world, in the mental world, in the spiritual world. Another individual was told... uh, We are spirits in the material world. I think that was Sting. I think it was Madonna. Uh, We are spirits in In the the material material world. world. And we are Edgar Cayce. Damn it. (laughs) Uh, 
Another another Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus here. <laughs> another individual uh, was told that the reason he had so many problems and so much confusion in his own life, listen up, Dave, uh, was because he, he was batshit <laughs> crazy. Was because he had never really established a conscious ideal. He often felt that he was in a state of confusion simply because the ideal he had established unconsciously was that of a wanderer. So he was encouraged to make a conscious choice and to begin to work with it because what individuals dwell upon, they become. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's pretty pretty uh, sexy advice. See, if you can see it, you can be it positively or negatively. Mm-hmm. Uh, such famous persons as Woodrow Wilson. Double, double. Thomas the Incredible Dickbag Edison. Yeah. Irving of Berlin and George Gershwin visited him. Nice. Did you think that uh, Thomas Edison went there just to try to steal the other yes. side? Yes. Yeah, I think he did. I think he, he went there to, to try and figure out a way to uh, pay. Yeah, that's him. really nice snap he got there. I need to make more money. What do you got for me? Can you put heads in jaws? Heads in jaws floating around. Yeah, <laughs> this guy's fake. I'm going to Edison the shit out of this. Yeah. Where's another dog to electrocute? Uh, many skeptics laugh at the thought of Edgar Casey. Those poor uh, bastards. There have been some good observations made uh, by those of a skeptical uh, bent, and there have been some cringeworthy opinions with no facts to back them up. Right. It's a psychic. What, what he's, having vi- he's talking about Atlantis. Of course, there's going to be people that are skeptical of that. I myself am skeptical of that. Right. This whole podcast, I mean, it's, I would like to say, at least 50% skeptical of the stuff we throw out there. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go through some of this stuff and... and See what they say. See what we think. First of all, they bring up the evidence uh, charge against him. The only evidence that we have is from articles and anecdotes and testimonials and the like. I think that's a valid argument. Yeah. And you get the the difficult is that you, you get this uh, uh, after the fact. Oh, that's what he meant by that. Like uh, a well. prediction is a useless unless it helps you predict something. Not wait till a bunch of things happen and go, well, what most closely fits it? Oh, that yep 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 that's a very very good point that's the same thing with that's the, the bible's game the, well the bible code right yeah yeah i mean i get sick of that that thing the, watching I mean, those shows because it's like yeah what what's the use of it if you can't predict something with yeah it? And, and but and it's in commonly said well you know it's the only historical document that has been true about all of its predictions i'm like you know what name one name a prediction that's going to happen in the next five years and be very specific about it. It doesn't work that way. You can't. Yep. You know, it's a, a fun uh, aside on that. I want to say it is Psalm 91. Because uh, 91, first Gulf War kicks off. I was in junior high. And uh, reading my Bible. And as I recall, it blew my mind. Psalm 91 references that... Uh, I can't do the exact quote, but it's you shall not fear, feel, fear the arrow that flies at night, nor mm-hmm. this, the, the, the Lord will keep you. Mm-hmm. And this was like right when Scuds. America, yes, this is right <laughs> when America learned the phrase Scud missiles. And it was when they were like, no, no, we've got Patriot batteries. It keeps, you know, we've deployed them. We're keeping yeah. Kuwait City safe. And, uh, and I was like, <gasps> boom. Yep, this fits exactly this moment right yeah. now and was made n- for nothing but this moment right now. Yeah, yep. 
I was really on fuego about that little discovery. <laughs> Another thing that um, uh, many skeptics uh, bring up is, is his knowledge. Um, I've got a quote from the Skeptics Dictionary on Edgar Casey. Quote, even though Casey didn't have a formal education much beyond grammar school, he was a voracious reader, worked in bookstores, and was especially fond of occult and osteopathic literature. And then osteopathy in his day was primitive and akin to naturopathy and folk medicine. He was in contact with and assisted by people of various medical backgrounds. Even so, many of his readings would probably only make sense to an osteopath of his day. Oh, so he was deep on that ass. Well, here's the deal. (laughs) What that boils down to is since he worked in a bookstore, not bookstores, and was friends with doctors of osteopathy and homeopathy. Doctor. He he just regurgitated bits from each of those, uh, including apparently an interest in occult practices. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, he's claiming to be psychic, so... Yeah, there's probably some interest in occult practices. Uh, well, maybe, but like this, I think, is an invalid argument because number one, how is this provable at all? And isn't it a little complicated? It, Skeptics like Occam's razor. This is not Occam's razor. Well, yeah, but I mean that's that's an incorrect use of that that thing. I mean. It's an incorrect use of Occam's razor? Yeah, I mean... The simplest uh, explanation is... is The best, best. but the simplest can still be very complex. The simplest form of DNA replication, still pretty complex. That that is not this, though, I don't think. No, but I'm saying, if you want to say, how does this guy have this information? You know, like, you know, if you're like, oh, I don't, I don't believe this. Oh, he worked in a bookstore where he could just peruse books all day. He had friends that were osteopaths. Yes, I think that's completely, I think that's believable. And you think he he just retained every bit of knowledge that he, that he ever came across and was able to just spit it out whenever he wanted? No, I don't think he was, a, what do they call that, an autodidact? Where he could just yeah. read something and have it forever. No, but I also don't know the degree of detail he went into. I don't, I don't, I don't know how readings. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I, you know, I don't know how specific he got with his, uh, you know, the ones that I did read things were kind of vague, Mm -hmm. you know, he, he didn't say, oh, well, your, your three sacral invert fused vertebrae are not in alignment, you know, like, you know, I don't, I don't know. He did though. I don't know. Like I didn't read any of those medical ones, but I'm saying that it's not implausible that that he could you know read books and at least have i mean a person can teach themselves a fundamental knowledge of of human anatomy sure if your friends are are osteopaths and you you talk to them and you're like oh yeah i read this book and i you know i i i know the the bones that make up the hand you know these are things that a, a guy in a bookstore could do i don't i don't feel like that's the most uh, outlandish unreasonable scenario but again i don't know the detail that he went into i don't know what he was describing but I, I don't I don't think that's unreasonable. Okay. I think it's I think it's a very unreasonable argument for to to be made to say that he he was fake. I, I, I don't think that's a very strong argument. I'm not saying that it shouldn't be made or, or that skeptics are wrong mm-hmm. at all. I'm just saying in this case, I don't think that's their strongest uh, pitch no, to that, throw at the batter. It's true. That's that's a uh, 
that's like trying to stop a tank by shooting out its headlights. Like yeah. I don't, I don't think that's the place you strike if you need to stop. Right, and, you put you, a stone <laughs> in the, in the muzzle of the <laughs> banana tailpipe. Yeah. We've we've got this figured out. But yeah, no, I I agree. I agree with that. That like that's an odd place to to attack his credibility of 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 the of all of his the things he's done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That seems very specific and a little nitpicky. Also, hard to know in this day and age, hard to know without having experienced him as a person being around him, seeing how he talked, you know, day to day, if he was intelligent, you know, you would think someone who read that much would, I don't know. He seemed like a very, like you said, humble, simple. Yeah. I I don't don't know. And I I wonder, you know, how much of that, um, you know, we talked about that people thought maybe he was a little dull. Right. Right. And weird. Yeah. And I wonder how much of that is, uh, after the fact, you know, his, his readings become more impressive if he becomes less impressive. If mm-hmm. he's the duller Edgar is, the more mind blowing his readings become. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I don't know, maybe there's a, a piece of that, you know, that maybe he wasn't. That's a good point. Maybe he wasn't that dumb a kid, but as time goes on, they're like, oh no, Edgar's a fucking idiot. <laughs> Put him to sleep and he'll rewire your entire life. Yeah. Ad hoc hypotheses. This is excuses for his failures. The um, I think it's it's called into question how many times he his his predictions hit as opposed to how many times they miss. It's a classic, yeah. you know, uh, profit thing uh, uh, that that people like to throw out there. People forget misses uh, when you have a good hit. You know, yeah. you you miss five times, you hit the sixth time. Well, people. I'm like, oh yeah, that sixth time, he really, that was right. That was right. Uh, let's see what he can do some more, you know, and then yeah, and miss, that, miss, 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 hit. Right. And it's, it's honestly, that's the same thing that ha- with gamblers, gamblers, their brains pave over the losses mm-hmm. and focus on the wins. And, 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 and even, even in the, some of the readings you just did, you know, for example, the, the, the race differences, the economic differences. I mean, those, those are idioms that will, that are true for the entirety of history. Right. There's nothing. There's nothing predictive in saying uh, a high weather pressure system might produce a, a north winds. I have just told you the future. <laughs> it's not really, you know, like when 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 there's a a disparity between the what did he call management or the you know the economic disparity breeds contempt. Mm-hmm. This is played out over and over and it's, over. It's and going over. on right now somewhere. Yeah. Right. It's going it's on right on here. Somewhere. Yeah. And so <laughs> is that a prediction? No. That's a statement of, of of the way the world is. And you don't even need a thick history book to see like to see that play out over and over. You know, those those kind of like truths of human nature. Mm-hmm. Universal um, truths. Yeah. That yeah. that they, they don't I don't think they hold a lot of predictive water. But even you know he said oh there's there's going to be racial tension and the mob will rule the mob doesn't rule the mob didn't rule in the 60s the mob didn't rule at kent state and That's the mob true. didn't rule when the fire hoses and the dogs come out the mob never gets to rule That's true the, the mob gets its ass kicked and it makes a point and society is forced the, to confront uh, things oh it doesn't God. like and things change but the mob never gets to rule the mob does get to rule when the mob is zombies Oh, here it comes. <laughs> Zombie master. <laughs> uh, one one example is, is somebody said he predicted uh, where buried treasure would be, and he went out looking for it, 
didn't find any in the spot he said it was going to be. And then was like, oh, well, that probably means that someone's already come and dug it up or someone will bury it in the future at this spot. That is one of these ad hoc hypotheses. I, you know, my grandmother uh, had a phrase for that. I think she called that New Age Bullshit. My grandma had a filthy mouth. <laughs> So a lot of time apparently. Yeah, yeah. Uh isn't that stupid? I mean, that that is that's one of the stronger points, I think. I and I don't know if he said it or if his his believers eventually right. said it, but like it's it's the whole if he knows this stuff, then why can't he differentiate between past, present, and future with it? Yeah. And then and then what comes out of that is well, he's he's reading the grid of time and space, which Time actually timey, doesn't exist in timey wimey. Yeah, wibbly wobbly. So and and so then 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 you extrapolate that to all of his his uh, predictions and say so. Oh, so was he saying that in 18th century France the differences between the rich and the poor is that what he was describing? Mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. he describing the Boer War in South Africa about racial strikes? Like what? What was he describing then? If he doesn't know if, where in the timeline yeah. he's describing, then then again, useless. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Flora, you want a prediction? No. Uh, people are going to fight. Where? Yeah, they're going <laughs> to. They really are. Uh, I'm sorry uh, to ruin your night. But another it's um, uh, an, another point of attack uh, from skeptics, uh, quack medicine that he would throw out there, the osteopathy, homeopathy, up, 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 up the, um, well, I want to point out something very important is that osteopathy is not quack medicine. Osteopaths are extraordinarily highly trained and completely legitimate practitioners of medicine without question. It's weird because I thought it was bone medicine that, the, that osteopaths practice. No. Well, I mean, the name osteopath has got osteo in it. It's bone. Right. But uh, osteopaths, it, it's, it, it's a different route there's there's mds medical doctors mm-hmm. and do's doctors of osteopathy right i've had both in my life i my primary care physician was an osteopath like they are all perfectly great and, and brilliantly trained doctors the difference is i think it's it's just two different approaches to medical wellness well yeah and, and osteopaths and I, have a more uh, uh inside out method right yeah, they, they think, think the body can heal itself through different means as a, as part of the medicine, right? Well, yeah, I think it, it's, it's an approach to, I think, um, uh, skeletal balance and, and musculature and, right, right. and making sure that every, that all the, the subsystems are working well. Um, but I think, I honestly think at this point, I think the difference between a DO and an MD is non-existent now. I don't think that there is, I mean, you, you could see like go to 10 doctors and get the same checkup, and you would never be able to tell which one was an MD and which one was a DO. Um, they are a huge part of the medical community. There is no stigma attached to them whatsoever. They 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 serve in hospitals without it's funny because yeah. all the stuff I was reading makes it seem like skeptics are real against osteopathy. Yeah, and I think that's 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 skeptics attacking. Uh, I mean, granted, that's osteopathy in the year 1910, yeah. which I know very little about. Yeah, um, and I don't. I wonder if they attack if they're attacking that as a means to get 
to Casey to to undermine I, him. I I kind of feel like yes, but but I I can I I, I just I have to make this a hundred percent clear that that uh, modern osteopathy uh, DOs are wonderful doctors. They, and I, are, they are obstetricians. They are uh, radiologists. They are oncologists. It is just a, simply a different route of, of, of medical training yeah. that is completely equivalent in every way. And I, I'm glad you bring that up. I, I think this is not a very valid argument for them to make, except for uh, the slant of like uh, folk medicine, um, what nat- naturopathy, the homeopathic stuff, which yeah. hasn't necessarily been proven to be you know, a hundred percent good for, for people. But then again, you need a basis for, for drugs and stuff. And there, there is science behind a bowl of chicken noodle soup, you know, for a cold. Yeah. And, and there is like that, that, that you get into that, that kind of hard area of folk wisdom that's actually effective over a long time. But, but I, and I don't know what the overall statistics are, like how many of those remedies really do make sense. How many of them don't. Yeah. I don't have a clue. And also he used patent medicines. He did, and you know what the the interesting thing was? He tried to spread it around. So uh, the the Johnson and Johnson company, he would he would say take take blah, Johnson and Johnson's blah 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 castor oil for for this thing. Then the next reading, he would say take Dupont's castor oil for this. So it's like he oddly enough tried to not monopolize. So I mean, to me, that's a point in his favor. I mean, sort of, but I mean, I I would say, and again, well, he's not in the pocket of Big Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> no, but what if he's in the pocket of uh, over-the-counter heroin mm. and opiates and saying, to, "Listen, to cure tuberculosis that his wife had, I don't that he cured her of apparently. Yeah, I don't need to give you the same brand as long as I know that all of these things have that sweet milk of the poppy in them. I can give you whatever the fuck I want, and I know you're going to get it." the same thing out of all of these. Well, I think, yeah, that's, that's the point. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like he was in the pocket of anybody. He was just like, Hey, how about I just get you high as shit and then (laughs) you'll feel fine. If I give you a shit ton of opiates, you're going to, you're going to be really glad I did. Yeah. But I I don't think he ever prescribed something that people took for the rest of their lives. I, people, I mean, from the letters that they sent him, uh, took it for, you know, a, 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 Amount of time. I mean, which I'm not saying like he's trying to make addicts. He's not. He's not like a, a drug dealer on a street corner. But you give someone opiates and they're not. They're not aware that they're taking an opiate. They're going to be so amazed at how much better they feel. That's that's how coke got started. <laughs> but I mean, it's. It, I mean, when it I drink it these days, I'm <laughs> amazed how much better. I feel. My God. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> <laughs> refreshing i don't know um i think there's there's validity to some homeopathic uh, uh stuff out there yeah i'm sure i i would be willing to to learn more about it but anyway one more thing things that he failed to predict or help with and let me let me read this from the straight dope article uh an article from the straight dope called what's the scoop on edgar casey the sleeping prophet Casey supporters probably don't like to talk about his failures in healing members of his own family. According to Bearstein, Casey's cousin, Ike, appealed to him for help, but died. And one of Casey's own sons died as a baby in 1911. As if there were three months old. 
as if these weren't bad enough, we have several documented case, cases of Casey advising how to cure dead people in connection with readings using letters they sent to him. In these cases, the letters had been written while the person was still alive, but by the time he made his psychic, quote, diagnosis, they were dead. Whoops. Of course, his followers have excuses for this type of thing, but it seems to me if he's getting his information through magical means, he should know this particular person is beyond help. That's that's from that article. Uh, I think that's a, a terribly worded argument for it. And it is. It's it's extraordinarily specific, but I don't think you have to jump through that many hoops to call bullshit. I mean... Right. I Again, this is another thing that I don't think you want to go down this avenue for uh, an argument yeah. against against him. And I, I want to point out again, I'm not saying that I think Edgar Casey was the bee's knees and wearing the cat's pajamas here, but like, if you're going to argue against him, if you're going to argue skeptically, you can't argue a hypothetical with that. Yeah. The, the fact that people sent him letters, he was getting thousands of letters of course he's not going to get to them in time. And he's in his world, in this world that we've set up, this Edgar Casey, how he works. Right. That's, that's not playing by those rules. Yeah. And you can, you can get around that again, playing by Edgar Casey rules. However, I don't hear, here. watch me. I'm, I'm Edgar Casey's PR guy. Okay. Um, the, the, the psychic and spiritual information is the person imparted that information to the letter is still very alive in that letter. And he's responding to that energy. He's answering the person writing that letter. He, you know, not the person as they are at that exact moment. He's feeling that. That's what he is. That's what he needs that letter for to hold in his hand. That's where he's getting that. And so that person is very alive to him. And that's what he's keying on. That'll be $14,000, Mr. Casey. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate your PR work. Yep. And uh, about the, the family members... He cured his wife of tuberculosis, uh, allegedly. His son, Hugh Lynn, was uh, burned horribly in a, in a flash powder uh, accident when he was young. And the doctor said he would never see again. Well, Casey pre- prescribed, you know, a, a heroin, <laughs> yeah, heroin <laughs> for it. Uh, and uh, when, they, when they, they followed it and after the bandages came off a few weeks later, he, he got a sight back. And people attribute this healing to to Casey's instructions, so it's they're they're kind of picking and choosing, right? But that's what everybody does. I mean, both sides do. That's that's know? true. That's true. And again, I I just I I don't understand. I mean, I under I understand and am personally don't believe him to have been psychic. But if if your job is to go, not only do I not think he's psychic, but I need you to not think he's psychic. These are such oddly specific places to yeah. like to plant your flag to make this the hill you're going to die on. When when you just say he's wrong as much as he's right, mic drop. Good night. You know, like it's weird. Like it's almost like when you get into such specific instances, like like the the timing of letters and everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It implies that you've accepted everything up to that point, but I really had to get into the fine print to find something wrong. That's a good point. And 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 it, it I honestly that argument against Casey does more help to him. I think so too. 
I think you'd you'd be much better served. Point out the typo in the title of the legal document. Don't go to page seventeen, subparagraph three, for the bad grammar that was used there. Yeah, I think you'd be much better served uh, arguing that there's no way to verify any of this stuff. You can't test this. I mean, if if he were still alive and willing to to undergo tests, you Which could. Which he is, but you you can't test this stuff or or back then i read a, a book michael Shermer um has has a book it's around here somewhere uh that had a very good uh chapter in it where he went to the association for research and enlightenment and they they now give tours of the place and they do like oh see if you're if you've got psychic potential let's we're going to do give you 10 Thetans. Blanks, and, and you're going to predict predict them, and anybody who scores a 60% or above is psychic. Oh. And it's like... <laughs> like a circus show. Yeah, and he like tore them apart about it, and they just they didn't have an answer for him uh, because it's just like, that's that's just statistical, you know, yeah. sh- anomalies and it's, stuff. It's a tourist it's, attraction at that yeah, point. Yeah, it's, it's shizzle whizzle is all it is. Whoa, hey, so, come on, watch out. I hope that you beeped out both of those words. I'm, I'm, I don't beep shit. <laughs> Look, he's a thug. And that is not to say that these days the ARE, I mean, who knows what they're doing? Casey's who knows not alive. what they are. <laughs> it's not that I, I don't think these people are trying to help others and stuff, but at the same time, they're selling a lot of books. They're a nonprofit, but... If they're pulling stunts like that, it's it's kind of weird. I don't know. It's it just it seems tainted to me now, where I could believe that Edgar Casey wanted to help people and and was trying, you know, in some way or another. I mean, everything that I've read makes it seem like he was not not for profit of this stuff. But yeah. then again, he got enough money to build this association. Well, and, and that's the thing. I think that. This is my personal belief. This is what I think. This is how I think Edgar Casey boils down. I don't think that he was. I think that he believed him to have these himself to have these abilities. I don't think that he was a fraud fraudulent guy. I don't think he was a huckster. I don't think he was deliberately bilking people. I believe that he genuinely thought he had these abilities. I think that he would um, hypnotize himself. Or, or be hypnotized or learn to do it and and then just say these things. And in his mind, he was able to divorce himself from the possibility that, that, that A and B are both A. Hmm. And, and so I think that he genuinely was interested in, in helping people. And you see this kind of this reluctant, like snowballing of his life, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and there are times when he tries to reduce it when he has his own family, you know, put it, his son puts him into the state, his wife handles a lot of it. But the, but then these, these, these people get added into it. There's more and more people. There's a, now there's a stenographer. Now there's, yeah, now there's a place he has to go. There's Volunteers people. too. Yeah. Yeah. But it, but it snowballs nonetheless. And I don't think fame was his goal. I think Mm-mm. he really genuinely wanted to help people. And I don't think that he was entirely, uh, or at least not consciously aware that he of what he was doing, I think that he thought that he was doing something remarkable and special, and that these kind of half asleep, semi cogent ramblings were helping people. Mm-hmm. One of the things that led to his fame were uh, articles that came out in 
major publications of the day, uh, the New York Times, uh, was one of the worst ones for him because it, I mean, it, looking back at it, it said illiterate man. Cures, I, I forget the exact title, but yeah. it calls him illiterate in there, which he's he's not illiterate because he can, he can read. Right. He can read or write, but to them, he's just a, you know, farmer hick from Kentucky who is suddenly he goes to sleep and he can cure and someone that, of and that's tuberculosis. my point. The dumber he is, the yeah. more miraculous his events. And so, yeah, like people will would always. I, I can see that happening. I can see people undercutting his abilities until they be like, no, the guy can barely even keep his pants on. Yeah, this guy's it's just a hot mess of a human being. <laughs> but when he's asleep, he will design an aircraft carrier. And I don't even know what I just said because it doesn't exist yet. <laughs> Yeah, so part of it was word of mouth, but part of it was these major publications that made him, you know, the famous person that he was. But anyways, called the the father of modern New Age yep. uh, movement. King he, of the New Age bulls. He was, he was before the New Age movement officially started. Yeah. Uh, and again, you know, Christian all the way. So he, he wasn't even, it wasn't even a goal of his, you know, to to start this whole new movement or anything, but a lot of people, including the, the homeopathic stuff, the mm-hmm. things on Atlantis came out of, out of things that he said, he would even argue against his own readings. Yeah. Uh, when people would, would interpret it, I was like, Oh, well, so you think reincarnation He's like, no, no, that's yeah, not he's what like, I, meant. I can't, couldn't have said that's not. Yeah. Some people have argued that he Got some of his stuff from Egypt from a a, a book uh, by a guy at the time uh, who and I, I completely forget his name, but I, I it it shows up in in some of the reading if if you go on to the links in the show notes. But uh, uh, we could we could talk about this dude for a long time, but we're not going to. We're going to yeah. stop now. Done. That <laughs> is Edgar Casey. Ooh, in a bulging, bulging, sleeping nutshell. Oh man. Flora, I'm going to count down. When I reach three, you will be in a completely hypnotized that state. That doesn't work. Oh, really? Nobody, nobody does three, that. Three, one. It doesn't work. Two, because I, three. I've... Am I speaking to you, Flora? No. Perfect. Tell me, entity from the beyond ethereal, what do you see in the future? The future is beholden to many and owned by none. The future is full of certain things which one cannot see. But unseen. Okay, I really need you to get to like the point, okay, entity. Like you're, I, I don't, I don't need this fortune cookie bullshit. We are not to be rushed. I don't. You, you want me to count it back down? Because we can get Flora back here. He'll tell me what I want to know. Is that what you want? You want, you want Flora back? We do not appreciate your sass. Oh well, that's great. Because I'm going to count down again from three to one. And when I hit one, I get Flora. So you just tell me what's in the future, or I, I shut off the radio. Are you threatening us? Three, two, two and a half. There are puns. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Thank you. Thank you, Ethereal. F*** off. Oh, really? How about this? F*** you. One. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this hypnosis. You can't get me to do it. (laughs) Oh, Flora. What? I just insulted and then hung up on the great Ethereal. You were the phone, bro. No. (laughs) they're gonna wreck me yeah they really are (laughs) they've got your caller id (laughs) wait star 69 (laughs) no (laughs) who gets that nobody yeah some of us
Oh man, Star sixty nine, the, the the enemy of the crank collar. <laughs> oh, oh man, so Star sixty nine, <laughs> Star sixty nine, some puns. Oh my God, we we have transgressed into that area yeah, where where that is that is a thing that doesn't happen anymore. Wow. More. Maybe it does. Maybe there's some places. I hey, use, I who use, wants to go first? I use star six seven to crank call my own work. Is does that mask you? Yeah. And that works right now? Yep. Duly noted. Yeah, put that <laughs> in your lexicon. <laughs> the first seven. useful piece of information we've given out tonight. <laughs> uh Flora, you me, me, you, you me. What do you think? Well, since you better go first because you're about to get ethereally fing wrecked. You're right. Uh I have a store that specializes in putting famous psychic readings behind thick protective glass displays. Oh, really? Yeah. It's called Edgar N. Casey. Nice. Uh, Did you know that uh, in Clips Tattle, Kentucky, where he was born, in Clips Tattle they have a a really big event that uh, was such a big event, it was actually (laughs) stolen. The event? By a department store in New York City, because for years, um, which one? Uh, in order to to thank Edgar for his contributions, they would have the uh, the, the Casey's Day Parade. Oh. <laughs> Casey's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Did you get it? How about a business that helps predict dangerous storms that could fry your electronic equipment? Oh, really? Yeah, and it also explores electrical phenomenon. Really? What's it called? It's called. The Association for Research and Enlightenment. Wow. Nice. That was really good. That was really Thank good. You. Thank you very much. Well, do you know that there's that, that kind of gray area in his life after he uh, left school, the ninth grade, and and before he um, became a failed insurance salesman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like most guys in their teens do, he got really into the music scene. Mm-hmm. And so he formed a band named... Uh, Edge Casey in the electric medicine. <laughs> the phrase electric medicine was my favorite part of this entire podcast. That's so, that's it's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. He, he was, was really he was, he was he was, really into that. He was into to electric uh, stimulation stuff. Yeah, and he went by the name Edge. Edge, Edge Casey. Edge Casey. Which is funny, he actually was going to be Edgar, but um uh someone putting his name on the marquee was illiterate. <laughs> Edger. Yeah. Edger Case. Mm-hmm. Uh, them's puns. Them's puns. <laughs> them's puns. Go to iTunes, please. Yeah. Dave, did you know? What? We're at 50 ratings. Oh, that's awesome. 50 ratings. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. I really do love reading the ratings. Reading ratings. I'm a ratings reader. Ratings, ratings. I'll podcast any day. Take a look. We're on Facebook. Oh. Give a like to. Oh, Jesus. Give a like, like to. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Uh, uh, Stunned upon Twitter, yeah. blurry underscore photos, YouTube, blurry photos podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we got a donate button. That's cool. Yeah, punch it. Very cool. With your the, credit The card. more you punch it, the quicker we'll get t-shirts online. Yeah, I'll we, tell you that. Yeah, we're working that out. And, we're uh, very close. Very yeah. Very close. That's uh, that's all we got. Um, August has uh, has been a pretty good month. I yeah, I've enjoyed it. A lot of stuff. It has in not there. been hot. And uh, oh my god, summer's been great. We yeah. haven't bitched at all. No, uh, it's it's been a wonderful summer. That's uh, great. That's all we can ask for. We'll do it anyway. 
for this episode mm-hmm. of Blurry Photos. I have been David Vanderhange. Nice. And we have been the entity within Davis Deco. Oh, damn it! <laughs> Why did you take that one? I can't believe you took that one! I thought you were going to be David Dammit Stecko. What? What? (laughs) Bye. Dreyfus here!